Thanks everyone for attending again today for another Nacho Tuesday. Today I have Shawshank here with SpotDraft and we'd love to hear a quick little elevator pitch for what they do and introduce their product to the audience here. Thanks Andy and uh, thanks for having us. Um, so I'm the co-founder of SpotDraft. What SpotDraft does is it's like the Salesforce for your contracts. Uh, SpotDraft is an end-to-end -end contract automation platform that helps you create, manage, analyze, and collaborate on contracts. Uh, every single, after all, every single dollar that you bring in is because somebody signed a piece of paper. Uh, we make sure that's done on time and that's done right. Yeah, sounds like you guys really speed up the process too. <laughs> People just want to get things done, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, it's uh, what we've seen is from eight days to an MSA to within the hour getting the MSA done is the kind of change that SpotDraft brings about. Wow, that's really fast. Well, tell us more about how you got started in your career and what led you to uh, start SpotDraft. Uh, so Andy, I'm actually a recovering lawyer by background. Uh, <laughs> I started my, I used to be with a firm called White & Case in New York. And at some point I realized that cars were driving themselves while I was still copying and pasting words on a contract. Yeah. So started SpotDraft really as a way to make lives around contracting easier. Um, we, uh, I, I started this with my two co-founders, Madhav and Rohit. Uh, who are both computer scientists who used to work with Rent the Runway and um, Google. So we got together um, and one day, and this is before SpotDraft had started, uh, Madhav says, bro, you're the only free lawyer I know. Can you look at this agreement? I look at it and uh, um, I go like, hey, you know, there are two uh, US parties with the applicable law is Singapore law. Why is that? Mm -hmm. And he goes like, uh, is there a way, you know, I, I asked him, is there a way where we can automate it? Like if there are two American parties, the applicable law is always uh, some state in the U.S. And he goes, bro, that's called machine learning. And that's sort of the start of SpotDraft as a company and as an idea. Oh, that's great. Sounds like you guys got the perfect team for it. You got somebody that understands the uh, legal aspect and then people that understand how to build the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Rohit has built beautiful products uh, for Rent the Runway and then Oyster Books. Uh, Madhav uh, was one of the first engineers at Google Classroom and then went on to work for Google Brain, which is uh, great given all the leaps that we are seeing in AI now. So they've seen and built beautiful products that have scaled over a period of time. That's great. Yeah, definitely we'll dig into the AI, AI aspect here in a little bit as well. But <laughs> um, so... Yeah, you brought up a great point. A lot of people, a lot of business professionals don't understand contracts. Uh, so what you know, high level tips would you recommend for people to better understand a contract and what to look out for when reviewing one? Yeah, I think um, you know, uh, most of the business folks need to start familiarizing with some of the key terms that they see in contracts. Like what is an indemnity? What is a limitation of liability? You know, why are the lawyers really hankering about it? so that maybe they can do the first pass themselves. Um, it's always easy to rush into signing a contract and then and then realize, oh my God, there's a lot of uh, you know craziness that's gone under it, so let's not do that. Um, sec the third thing is it's very important that everything that you want to convey is within that contract. So for example, if um, you, know, you might have had an email conversation, you might have had a phone call and you know you agreed to something, put it in the contract, don't let it pass. Um, and then finally, trust your legal team. I know a lot of the people go like, legal is where deals go to die. Uh, <laughs> you know, it is the team of no, yep. but really the legal team is 
always severely understaffed, overworked, and you know they become a bottleneck. So having a tool like Spotgraph with a legal team that you know that supports business is is a great way to go about it. But just trust your legal team. Yep. Yeah, it's not worth cutting corners, right? Especially for an important contract. Um, and there's you know several key areas that entrepreneurs and, and uh, business professionals really look for, like the termination clause. Um, any other clauses where they could just their eyes should immediately jump to uh, that you would recommend? Yeah, I would. I think I think the first clause that everybody should see is the scope of the contract. Like, what is the scope, and 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 what are you providing at what cost? Um, second is what are the risks that you're taking? Uh, am I taking uh, unlimited liability as a risk for a thousand dollar contract? Uh, you don't want to do that. Uh, and the third is uh, the third obvious ones are, uh, you know, your indemnity clause. Like, what happens when something goes wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these are my top three, if you ask me. Great, yeah, because uh, you never know; something can go wrong. But yeah, that's a uh, great tips right there to focus on those key areas. I, I'm not a legal expert or anything, but I've seen so many contracts in my life, and I just know a couple clauses that I immediately just shoot to right away. <laughs> and you know, frankly, you could do about eighty percent of the contract review with that. But I, you know, once again, read the whole thing; they, they might slip things in places. Um, so I know you have a and strong- trust your legal team. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and you spot draft, of course. <laughs> um, so I know you have a strong operational background as well. Uh, what other tips would you offer for business leaders to operate more effectively in today's fast moving business environment? Yeah, I think uh, the first and the most important thing is uh, be close to the customer. Um, we've, we've seen uh, there was a phase where spot draft was going too quickly. We didn't have time to connect with the customers. We were going up, sell, 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 sell. And then we realized that, hey, our customers did not love us the way they did earlier. Maybe we attributed it to fast growth, but just being closer to the customer to hear what their problems are, uh, it gives you opportunity to build new products, to improve existing workflows. Um, and, you know, in, in some cases, upsell. But the, the real thing is, if your customers are happy, um, you'll see a lot more growth. You'll get more happy customers. So um, that's the first thing. Second is people before everything else. I think um, the one thing that makes or breaks a team is the team itself. Like you need to have the right people who have the right mindset, who have the right growth mindset. Um, so that's that's the second one. Third is this is something that I struggled with for a very long time. Uh, delegation. Uh, you need to delegate more as the team grows. You can't keep you can't be going and changing the toilet paper. I mean, you did that when you were like uh, five people. Now you need to you you need more people doing more work. Um, staying agile. Uh, it's easy to say, but diff- difficult to implement. Uh, how do you make sure that you remain agile as a company as you grow? And and to give you context, two years ago we were like twenty five people. Now we are two hundred. Um, you know, our, we, we strive a lot to be agile and to make sure that we ship things out faster. Um, and, and just the size of the team doesn't create a red tape that you don't really want to have. Um, and then the final thing is, is having a long-term vision. I've been reading a lot of books around it, uh, especially with what's happening with AI, which is not a fad. Uh, it's here to stay. Like, how do you build that long-term vision? Not, not just for today or for this specific customer. Um, we, we made mistakes along the way. 
uh, when we when we were building uh, the product where you know uh, I would constantly go and tell the product team, hey, listen, can we make this one small tweak because I need to close this contract? And um, doing that just just causes other kinds of pain. So hundred times over, right? <laughs> Everybody's yeah, asking for this. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So just thinking long term is 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 important. Yeah, and that's a great point you brought up. So going back to the team, right? Building a team of people that really understand the vision and what you're trying to accomplish. So when you go to delegate the task, you're not on every single email trying to do everything yourself because you know that that is a great point that a lot of founders are you know so close to their product and the business that they don't want to let go of anything. And that, you know, that alone can really drastically inhibit their growth opportunity. So now I definitely second that, you know, uh, getting the right team members in place and understand the vision that you could trust to delegate tasks to and ensure that they get done the right way. Um, I guess what other operational trends should we look out for in 2020, 2023 and 24? Uh, I know we mentioned AI, so let's just jump into it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think um, AI is the one big trend. AI is going to be around everything that we do. Um, from uh, hey, tell me what does uh, does the CV work for me? All the way until um, does this indemnity clause work for me? Uh, the ability to take unstructured data and creating structure out of it has become um, so amazing with with what AI is being able to do, and it's getting so competitive that um, you know if it's if it's not a machine, it's definitely a person and a machine that's going to take somebody's uh, job away. So being on top of it is is important. So the top three are AI, AI, and some more AI. <laughs> but that apart, uh, the world that we live in, we are getting to see a lot of people wanting to do more with less. Yeah. Um, teams are getting sl- slashed, budgets are getting slashed. How do you get the most amount of work done with the least amount of people, resources, tools? Um, we we are seeing that more and more often um, now as we as we go, and then um, third is third is um, you know try um, we just tried out uh, building an internal um, help desk using AI right so uh, how do I fix my internet how do I get a new laptop all of that is now being answered by AI so. So it's interesting to see what what's uh, what AI is able to uh, do both internally and within your product as well. Yeah, that's a great point. I think um, I've seen a lot of people using it as a uh, as a productivity tool to do a lot of the uh, mundane tasks that a lot of us don't want to do, right? So we could focus on uh, the more value oriented uh, projects and you know the creative projects that really help you know utilize AI in a way to do the heavy lifting for us. And then you know you need a human on there to finesse the end result, of course, but um, it's, you know, incredible what it's been able to accomplish and, you know, what we'll see over the next year or two in that regard as well. Um, I guess what causes most startups to fail operationally, do, do you think? So I think the first thing is we focus a lot on building the product or we focus a lot on going to market, but we don't focus on the end-to-end life cycle of how that works. Um, so you've got your first customer. How do you go and implement it? You know, how who gives support? Uh, how does customer success function? Like not being able to think about all of those things leads to a very unhappy customer. Um, that's one. The second is, um, and 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 that is one of the reasons 
people tend to see a lot more of product market fit not happening. Um, there's that magic 1 million number, but it's not just that. It's making sure that you have a self-operating sort of flywheel or a cycle that's, that's where sales comes in, um, you know, there's implementation, there's delivery that happens in an absolutely automatic fashion. Um, that's the second one. Third um, is a unique one, which is either founder product fit or inter-founder fit. Um, you met somebody at a bar, yeah. turns out to be a co-founder. You don't spend enough time. It's like a marriage. Um, you need to make sure that um, you know you're you've you've spent enough time dating the uh, co-founder and dating the market and dating the product before you go to market. So um, I've seen you know I, I feel like that is extremely important. Um, the third thing is is uh, and 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 the final thing is the lack of perseverance i um i've had a i've had a ton of times where i felt like hey i i can't take this anymore like because you're hearing so many no's in these early days your uh, potential employees are saying no investors are saying no customers are saying no uh you know your your classmates are making fun of you saying dude what are you doing right um just being yeah and 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 you've given up everything else to follow your passion and dream. Uh, being able to perceive, persevere through that and and just be uh, strong is is important. Again, that doesn't mean you have the gambler's fallacy where you're going and doubling down um, on your mistakes each time. But you really need to um, you know stay there, stay strong, if needed, pivot and and move along the way. Yeah, that's a great point too. There's there's two sides of the coin. Some, you know, where, you, where people are too scared to commit fully uh, because of all the no's. And then there's another where they're too, um, there's too much hubris, right? They love their ideas so much. And then, you know, not getting the right advice and implementing it, it could also affect the the ability for their company to grow as well. Um, you know, a great point on, on founder, uh, founder partner fit too. Um, a lot of people, you know, just will partner with like a friend or somebody that they know even worse I've seen people partner with somebody they just met at a bar. So uh, to your point, you definitely have to get to know the person. And, you know, a lot of people say you can't do business with friends. Actually, I do a lot of business with friends, but I know these people. I've known them for years. And so, you know, it makes it enjoyable to do business with them. But I have a good understanding with how they operate and how they work first before going into any venture, because um, that could ruin a friendship if you don't do it the right way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and and a few good years of your life, too. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, I guess what other tips do you have for SaaS companies to achieve their growth targets this year? Yeah, I think the look, uh, one thing that I see is a lot of people building differentiators into their products and saying, hey, my product is differentiated from someone else. It is important that you do that, but that alone will not cut it. Yeah. You need to be 10x better on your product, 10x better on GTM. 10x better on pricing. And all these three things put together is how you win the market. If you just say, hey, that can do this one other thing, and that's how we differentiate ourselves, that is not a moat that you're building for yourself. Uh, somebody else is going to come and copy it and, and probably implement it even better. It's really how you take it to market. And when I say, and, and how you price it, and when I say pricing, yeah. I mean, what is the value for money that you're showing to the customer? Mm -hmm. 
you know, you don't need to price yourself, let's say, more expensive because uh, your competitor does that. If you can build great products at an amazing price, um, and if you're able to crack these three things, that's um, that's sort of the uh, key here. So don't just go behind building product and, uh, you know, just, just focus on innovating on um, GTM, innovating on, on pricing as well. Yeah, that's a great point. A lot of times it's easy, easy to, you know, fall in love with a particular feature and whatnot. And, you know, you think I've been there before. I had a startup that failed because, you know, we thought an SMS delivered uh, survey was, you know, game changing, apparently. <laughs> but um, online surveys were already around. So people are like, why is this better than online surveys? And I'm like, what if we did a 1-800 chat like customer line? Because people hate 1-800 lines. And there's probably a lot of simple questions that could be answered via text that, don't need to pick up the phone and wait for somebody to get on the phone and uh, to, to be able to answer a simple question, right? And for the company itself, um, they don't have to waste, you know, a ton of hours and resources having an employee on the phone talking to something about something simple. Um, we, we didn't, you know, we ended up uh, separating the business didn't go anywhere, but um, somebody else did that, actually a couple companies, and they succeeded really well. So uh, that is a great point, though. If you're going to introduce something, it better be 10x more affordable or have 10x more value for the customers in terms of uh, what you're innovating upon. Um, so what traits, I guess, do you look for? You know, we mentioned earlier that building a team was very critical for having a successful company. Uh, what traits do you look for when trying to recruit talent for your team? Yeah, I think the first one is will over skill. Um, you may have, you may be the best engineer out there, but if you don't have the willingness to, the hunger for growth, the willingness to work, doesn't work for us. Um, second is, uh, and we have a lot of emphasis on culture fit. It yeah. does get diluted as you grow, but having that culture fit is is pretty critical. Uh, third is, you know, just having resilience and adaptability. Uh, mm -hmm. Things are going to change. Your product vision changes. You know, your uh, the markets change. The ability to be able to um, you know, adapt is is important. And lastly, in this distributed world, having great communication or at least uh, good communication where both in person and on chats and on Zoom calls, uh, that is that is critical too. Uh, sometimes you may be doing all the right things, but you can't collaborate internally. So um, that's there. But high top on that list is skill. Skill over will, I mean, sorry, will over skill. Uh, that's extremely important. Uh, we don't care a lot about the skill that you bring in, but your willingness and your drive is uh, important for the business. That's a great point. I totally agree. Um, I guess what growth challenges did you guys overcome in the early days of your company? Uh, our biggest challenge was um, how do we build a product that was repeatable in its implementation? And to give you some context, we started out building a uh, put in your NDA. I'll tell you the good, bad, and ugly out of it. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll I'll point all of that out. Now we built that for one of the largest banks uh, globally, yeah. but we couldn't take that data and that algorithm and sell it to the next bank. Yeah. So um, our biggest growth challenge was, you know, we had built a great product, but without the vision of how we were going to grow that beyond the current set of customers. Um, that was one. And then, and then the second one was um, 
we focused a lot on building and very less on selling yeah. or we sold first and then realized we had to build it both of which were challenges <laughs> i think this needs to go hand in hand where, <laughs> yeah you need to you need to plan for not the next customer but for the next quarter for the next year mm-hmm. and um and make your sales cycle work with it so doing that um you know not being able to get that cycle right was was uh, some of the early challenges that that we faced Yeah, and for a lot of people, they they'll go build the whole product, and then they'll go in search of a market for it. <laughs> um, so yeah. it's, it's, you have that collaborative approach with customers early. Yeah, and 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 we've we've done those mistakes for a for a quarter or two where we built it, and then we're like, why aren't people using it? Or we've gone ahead and promised that hey, we could, you know, um, go ahead and do something, and and uh, the product was catching up. And again, these are eons ago. Now we have. um you know uh, a few hundred paying customers who are like extremely happy and and their core problem that we solve is ensuring that the uh contracts get done on time that's great so uh, i guess what what are some of the favorite books that you're reading right now um sounds like you're a pretty learned guy <laughs> um so uh the book that i just finished reading was good to great um and then uh the one before that was uh, deep thinking by gary kasparov uh it's got an interesting take on ai and 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 his view on ai and and sort of relevant but from a historical lens on how ai is viewed and and what it can bring about and um the book that i'm reading in bits and pieces right now is predictable revenue by jim ross it's a uh i think it is a, a bible for anybody who's trying to build a saas business and trying to build a demand generation engine on one side and a sales engine on the other and i feel like these are two slightly separate ways of looking at things so um i would i would strongly recommend reading the book great okay actually i'm interested in reading that one myself so um note to self um i guess what's one thing that potential customers should know about uh, why they should choose your platform over say one of the other platforms out there Yeah so uh the first thing is we are actually an end to end contract automation product which means you do not need any other product when you use spotdraft uh right from creating that contract or working out of salesforce and integ- integrated with it or uh negotiating and internally collaborating on it we've got word that's plugged into the system and we have an e signature tool as well we've got reminders and notifications built in so essentially this is the one stop shop for all your contracting needs and that's very important the second is we do the heavy lifting on implementation and adoption the reason a lot of business tools fail is because either it's not implemented properly or people don't adopt it um and we also solve adoption because we are also far more integratable as a product we pretty much integrate with any system upstream or downstream so you can like you can work off the tools that you already work off without coming on to spotdraft um and we're great value for money so uh if if you're looking to make sure that your deals get done by the end of the quarter or the end of the month uh then using spotdraft ensures or almost guarantees that 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 happens yeah as we mentioned uh, 10x better than sending it to your legal department and doing all the work yourself and 10x more affordable as well too right <laughs> Yeah, absolutely spot on.
there we go. <laughs> Spot draft. There we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's next for you guys over the next five years? <laughs> um, hopefully, uh, we want to be listed on, on the NASDAQ. Um, but, but really, the way we want to get there is by building a sustainable business and, um, you know, move towards profitability. Um, and, and then um, ultimately, the goal of every CEO is to ensure that there is shareholder value maximization, uh, which means everyone from employees to your customers to your actual investors. Yeah. And uh, uh, we ho hope to get closer there. There you go. Well, I'm in New York City, so let me know when you guys do the, uh, the big hoorah. <laughs> I'll, I'll swing by. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm very excited to see your guys' company grow. And, you know, we're, of course, very happy to have you guys in our marketplace. Um, anybody looking to, you know, save 10x on their legal legal costs and uh, have a 10x better experience, uh, please check out SpotDraft today in our B2B SaaS marketplace. Uh, Nacho Nacho is the number one marketplace to uh, manage, discover, and save on SaaS. And we have great products like this here. So uh, check it out today. Uh, once again, Shawshank, I really appreciate your time today and I uh, look forward to uh, working with you guys and uh, having both our companies grow into the future. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for having me over. It was a pleasure speaking with you. You too, Shawshank. Thank you. All right. See you. Bye-bye.